Hello and welcome to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast where I introduce you to the most amazing producers, entrepreneurs and consultants who work with me to help me build stronger, healthier, better versions of food businesses. I've been building teams to work with food businesses for over 25 years now. We're taking you behind the scenes in my business to meet some of them. So let me introduce you to Jeremy Jaffe, who I have known for about 25 years. We met at a cookery demonstration that I was giving for a health food store and then again a few months later at the first birthday party of Innocent Drinks. Jeremy is my go-to sounding board for all things healthy, relating to foods into retail or manufacture. Whether I'm trying to track something down or wondering if there's a market for a product that I've been shown, he would be my first port of call. The first thing I want to ask you about, because I think in the industry, people don't often understand different people's jobs and what they do. And so my first question to you is, how would you describe what you do to other people? Well, that's a good question because... I could never answer that before because Mm -hmm. I just say whatever people want. But now I've sort of segregated it. So I've segregated it into businesses. So I have one business, the the foodagent.co.uk, where we look at sourcing and product development and ingredients or anything that an end user wants us to look for for their shelves or their production. And then I have the food agency where I work with people who want to start businesses or people who want to grow businesses. And we get a a really wide cross-section of requests in that business from start-up to now working on the the building of a a new online supermarket. So it's very, it's amazingly diverse and it's still as mad as it ever was. But I just, for my own sanity, I had to think of ways to kind of segregate it and put different hats on for different jobs because it, otherwise and do you consciously split your time between them do you say I'm going to do three days of this and two days of that or I only want to do two projects in that business because that's enough and then no well I've, I've, I've just started doing this I've started allocating so I have a day and what I try and do is is so I can give maximum effort and resources to one project at one time I just say right you know what today we're we're talking about this in in my world and anything else just gets put on the list for tomorrow or for when this bit of work is done because otherwise you know as you were saying you you just get filled and there's so much information coming at you it's very hard and you're jumping from one thing to the next as well yeah you have to kind of segregate it yep okay how do your family and friends describe what you do, which is probably completely different? Family, if, if you're talking about my daughters, <laughs> just think everything I do is completely mad. And my elder daughter will say to me, when are you going to get a job? What, what do you do? <laughs> Love her. And she's oh. fabulous, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my friends... Always, you know, if I talk about stuff, they say, oh, I've got a mate who wants to start this. You know, can you help him do that? And, you know, I think nuts of the future. And can, what you, what you do? And so, you know what? There's a process and I can take you through the process, but you might get bored. So we'll take it easy. And then I talk through it because I love talking about food anyway and, and creating things and developing business. So it's generally a decent conversation. And if it's not going to be, I'll, I'll talk about the weather or cars or something. <laughs> 
Of course, because you've got all, all of those additional talents to your to your stream. I'm not sure the talents. Um, no, they are. They are. So when did your food journey begin? When did when did you move from classic cars to food as I know you did, but other people obviously don't know you did. But no, well, interestingly, a, a friend of mine came who I was doing classic cars with from Los Angeles came back to the UK with his then girlfriend who was a chef, and they said, "God, you know what? If you go, if you live in Los Angeles, you eat well, and when you come to London, it's really." disappointing and there's an opportunity to do something so we we sort of looked around and we thought about how we could change the face of what we thought was bad food um, and uh, um, we worked together for a year just developing stuff and everything that we developed uh, didn't didn't really make any sense and then we took a load of food um, to a couple of shops including some little pizzas that we'd made and the guy at the shop said those pizzas were unbelievable make those and we'll keep buying them. So that was, you know, rather than the sensible way of finding out, you know, how a market would look and doing a bit of market research, that was our market research. And we, we started the organic food business, which we, you and know, when we ran, was that? that was in um, 1999. So we were sort of ahead of the curve with organic, you know, it, it was still very kind of, you know, muddy sandals and, and, you know, and dirty carrots and, uh, we created, I thought it was brilliant, you know, it was it was good product, it was heartfelt, you know, and we, we managed it with our sort of heart and soul rather than any kind of sophistication. And, and it ran for 16 years. It was, it was and, good. And it went beyond pizza in that time. Can you talk a bit more about, because I mean, again, that's very much how you are. People asked you, could you do something? And you did it for them. So your business grew by customer request almost. Yeah, yeah, it did. You know, I I was passionate about trying to build a brand because I thought that's what we that would be our legacy of and people would say, "Oh gosh, well, you know, you make great food. Can you do this for us? Can you can you supply organic eggs?" And we said, "Yes, of course we can." So we started doing that. And then what that meant is we developed a, a distribution business on the side of our manufacturing business. And then we were distributing product for other people as well, which meant Eventually, we ended up buying a couple of other businesses that we brought into our manufacturing. So from our humble little beginnings of making a few pizzas for the uh, <laughs> the shop around the corner, we, we started producing own label desserts for Waitrose, for Spa. You know, and it, it, it became a monster of a business. And you were making was... salads, tarts, quiches, yeah. all, all kinds of beautiful food. And predominantly organic. Predominantly organic. And we always look for an angle. We always thought, so, you know, gosh, it was a long while ago, but we wanted to do some drinks for somebody. So we ended up, bizarrely, buying a small um, nectar business. And that, they were heavenly drinks too. I mean, they were so different from anything else. I remember the first time I tasted those. Yeah. yeah, they were lovely. They were charming. And they were, again, they were, you know, they kind of heartfelt. And we went down and did some development because we wanted no added sugar. So we got them to do them with um, with grape juice to sweeten them. And they were just a fabulous product. But dare I say, a little ahead of the time and a, and, and a little pricey because the, you know, the, the fundamentals weren't there correctly. But hey ho, it was fun. They were lovely. Good. And then... 
you moved out of that business and and into the agency and the agent. Yes. First, first of all, into the agent. So yeah, helping people find people to do those sorts of things for them instead of them coming to you, you would outsource the manufacturer and find people the things they needed because of your great network of ingredient manufacturers, but also people who could produce things. Yes. It was a, a, a funny moment because I, I loved having 50 staff who kind of sometimes worked and sometimes didn't. And uh, <laughs> it was a revelation having none. Mm. And my overhead went from several hundred thousand pounds a month to about 3,000 pounds a month. And, Which is very and freeing. It's good. remarkably and it free. It's a funny thing because, I mean, I did a, a similar route that I had employed a team. And then every time we were asked to do something, I was aware that I knew somebody better who could do it. But I didn't employ them. So I had to use the people I employed. And yeah. I mean, I had good people on my team, but you can't have that breadth of knowledge. And so gradually as people went to do other jobs or went back to uni if they were in internships with us and things I didn't replace them and I Mm. just used freelancers and built up a great network of freelance people people like you that I can refer to for stuff and we could work on projects and bring people together to be the the perfect project team which is more exciting and and I think benefits clients more and and I was talking a couple of weeks ago to Neil Nugent the chef about his experiences and saying, you know, that it is sometimes people are like, we need somebody internal, we need to employ them. They are then only looking at your business. And I remember I used to work in poultry development and I could look at BBC Good Food, all of any magazine, and all I'd be looking for was things that could turn into a chicken recipe. Yeah. And, you know, and it was kind of how I saw the world. And then you go to work somewhere else, you learn something else. And for us, you know, because you are going in all sorts of directions for clients of yours, it means you're always learning stuff, you're meeting people who can do stuff. So you can plug in in a business and jump them quite a long way ahead. Yeah. So I think there's a huge advantage for other people to bringing people in to work with them. Absolutely. And I've become a a real advocate of utilising other people's assets because they've all got them. Yes. You know, there was a there was a defining moment, Jane, where you and I were sitting somewhere, and somebody I knew said to me, you again? "No, no, 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 you were <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yes." <laughs> and oh, somebody dear. said, "You know, Jeremy, would you ever start another food manufacturing business?" And you piped across, "You no, he won't." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great, and you're absolutely right. You yeah, know, it's, right. I, I say to everyone who's doing food manufacturing, if you love doing it, do it. But it's it is the coal face of the food it business. It is. And, and very hard work. And for people that have already got a manufacturing site, it's great if they can find other products that they can make and increase their volumes and things. Because people go through this dichotomy in the food industry where you want to supply all the nice small people, but actually you need the volume of the big yep. people who have different needs and wants yep. and requirements of all the ingredients and everything else. But you need a bit of both because margins are small. And unless you are making in volume, you don't often get the benefits of those margins yourself. But also 
you need that volume so that all those small percentages add up to something that you can make a living from. And yep. so often, too, for manufacturers who want to do their own stuff, want to stay in the bit of the market they're in, it's great for them if somebody like you comes along and says, could you make this for us? We've done all the development work to this point. We just need to get it right on your kit. And they're yeah. working with somebody who's done it before, too, because I, I know often small businesses say to me, I can't get manufacturers to pay attention. But then when you look at what they're presenting them with, it's a kitchen recipe and they probably get a hundred of those a month that never come to anything from people yeah. that are wondering if they might do it, might not. And so you need to be very businesslike about how you engage with them. And I think that, again, is where you're a great linchpin because you come in, they already know you, they know you're not going to waste their time. Exactly. We, we you know, I, I consider myself as the automatic validation system because I've tried to wheedle out the nonsense. And, and it, it, it's a bit like talking the same language. It's, yes. you know, if, it was a, if you don't speak French, don't try and do something for it. You know, it's the same with the food world. It is. It's, and it's like applying for a tender or something. You have yeah. to read the questions and answer them. And, and going into a manufacturing situation is the same. Yeah. What kit do they have? Can they do it? Do you know they can do it? Can you explain it to them? What yeah, you need. accurate information. I, I had this wonderful thing the other day with a, a, another project we're working on, which is the Good Thing Snacks business, which is, you know, our attempt at um, bringing some really good next level healthy snacks. And I was talking to a manufacturer and it was just brilliant because he had all the answers to all the questions. And and every time we came up with a, what we thought was a, a kind of a bottleneck to our idea, he'd say, no, that's absolutely fine. I've, I've done that before. I know how to do this. Isn't You're talking to the right perfect. person. Yeah. And, and my partners and I got off the phone and went, wow, you know what? We, we've kind of reached nirvana. We've, we've found somebody who, who appreciates the fact that we have nailed down the information into the, the, the prerequisite of they, how they want to work and They've answered everything. And now they've wonderful. made that easy for you. You will push as much through their factory too as you can. Exactly. And, yep. and they will love working with you because they know you come with all the answers as well, which is brilliant for them. So it is, it's, it's about, I think in any business, but particularly in food where again, as I say, margins are small and things, it's about recognising the bits that you know and letting other people do the bits that they know and making sure you've got the budget in your project to do that because yes. you won't know everything. But yeah. but often if they pay you to do something or me to do another bit of it, we will save them money, time, we'll get them there faster. We know the questions they need to ask, you know, yeah. and we'll do it alongside them. And I mean, I know you work the same way with people. You're very transparent so you're not keeping it all secret to keep yourself in a job for the next time. You're quite happy to bring them along with you so that they learn how to do it. And yeah. they might not need you for the whole process the next time. That's fine. It makes your job easier too if they come to you with more of it done. You know, and I think I think people don't always get that we are absolutely in everybody else's team. Yes, that's it. That's precisely it. You know, you're, you're in the team. You're not outside it. You're working no. your what you're trying to do is enhance their thinking, not combat it. And, you know, and I, I've sadly developed three little cliches that I sort of work with is, uh, is, you know, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I made. That's what you're paying me yeah. for. And, 
utilize what I've got because I've got it because I've done it. It's, you know, it's a very different thing, but it's, if you're going to pay somebody for some advice, consider it before you dismiss it or consider it before you use it. Don't just come back with a retort that tells you you already know better. Or or you've tried it before or, yeah. Yeah, because that's that's frustrating for the customer because they don't see value in in what you're offering them. No, no. Which is, um, yeah, it's very tricky. And and it does only come with experience. And fortunately, we've both been in this game, as you say, since 1999. You've been in it for a long time. I've been in it since 96. I think that's because I didn't sell classic cars first then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would have gone your road, I think. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I've been working for myself since 96, but I've actually been working since 86 and always in food, you know. And so it's great because I... I can confidently say if I don't know the person, I'll know the person who knows them. And yeah. like I came to you the other day and said a client of mine is going to do some manufacturing. They've said the company's this. That's that person, isn't it? How are they to work with? Will they be a safe pair of hands for them? And you were able to say, yes, that's brilliant. Then I can say to him, go ahead and do it because yeah. I know how you work and I know how he works. And I know that that will be compatible it, it's our it's our unspoken validation that we have between you and I and, and other people who do what we do. You know, yeah. you, you you we we having done this for so long, you 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 get the knowledge, but you also get the knowledge about the people. Yes. So you know who is a suitable partner to work with, who is a sensible person, who's not going to drive you mad, because that that's part of the issue. And that well. is a lot of it. It's got yeah. to be. You know, you've got to work with people that are. A pleasure to work with and get you the results that you need and you'll get the results and somebody else that I've interviewed in the last couple of weeks talked about enjoying work and having fun and how yes. if you're having fun the work is better everything is better and I think I think that's very true too yeah I used to you know when I had what on earth I used to say to my wife I you know I, I feel incredibly privileged to be able to leave home and get paid to go and play around and do what I want to do yeah, because it yeah. was great. It was just a learning curve, and we were very, you know, we, and 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 to a certain degree, we still are with what I do. But it's just great to be innovative with stuff and try your customers on new products and develop things that they didn't know they wanted developing. Is always yeah, very intriguing. Yeah, and just be able to reach out and ask their opinion about stuff too is yeah. brilliant, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah. No, that's that is. It's lovely, and it. It's great as you build that circle of people around you that, you know, you can trust. So coming on quite nicely from that, role models, people that you've learned from. Now, I would say there are two types of there is I've learned this from somebody. I saw how they did stuff and I thought that was a good way to do things. I've done it. And there are also the other experiences that you haven't enjoyed where you think I never want to repeat that or I don't want anyone else to feel like that. The, the, the rule on the podcast is the ones that are the good ones, you can name them. Name. <laughs> <laughs> the ones okay. that you've learned from, things that you'd rather not repeat, probably better just to talk about what you learned. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, good good role models. Well, there you go. You're the first on the top of the list there, Jane. Yes. You're the easiest one to mention because, oh. you know, I remember you asking me if I would do a bit of work <laughs> and I, I quoted a day rate and you said... No, you won't. <laughs> yeah. No, you You're won't. You'll have to charge more for it. Absolutely. And you were absolutely right. And that was, was just because I... I knew what was going to be involved in it. Yeah. From, 
because I'm notorious still for putting in my diary a to-do list that I think will take six hours. And the first job on it very often takes six hours. Do you know? Well, so Yeah, and that was exactly it. Your explanation was you'll charge more because you're going to do an awful lot more than you think you're going to do. Yeah. And, and, and you were absolutely right. And it was a pleasure doing it. And it was a good fun project. And um, dare I say, I won't mention names. Because that was a non-role model, that chap yes. who, who drove us utterly crazy. I know. And, Thank goodness and, we were working on it together then. Yeah. <laughs> and then he disappeared. Yeah. So yep. it was, uh, you know, it was a, a shame a, a too, joy. because there was, was some it... great product there. But I just yeah. think too, we met some new people that we can work with. Well, absolutely. Coming on from that. You know, that was that was a cracker. And there's, there's a lot of people, dare I say, that I think, you know, pretty much everybody I meet on a daily basis and this isn't to sound corny, but I, I, I can drag inspiration out of quite a lot of people that I meet yeah. because I like the way that they do things. And that's why you're choosing to work with them too. I mean, that's the brilliance of running your own ship. Yes, exactly. And conversely, there's an awful lot of people where I, my, my favourite word has become no. I just don't, I don't, really, I don't have the time or the patience nope. to, to go through this debacle because I know it will end up just three steps backwards um, they would probably feel the same about you if you worked yeah. with them because you can tell that they're not working your way and you know the ethics and the values that you have and you know what makes you comfortable and what doesn't. And I think, you know, people often think they want to work with young people who are new in the industry and things. And I believe some of us older people offer a lot a why have I got such a great contact book? Because I've been doing it for 35 years. There yeah. is no shortcut to that contact book. And it is about getting to know people. And some somebody sent me an email yesterday saying, or LinkedIn thing saying, you know, I, I've looked at your LinkedIn and I think we could really help you. And this is what we do. And so you should connect with me and I can help you. And I said, that's great. Actually, my LinkedIn is one of my best sources of meeting people. Mm. So I don't massively want to tweak it too much because it's doing what I need it to do. However, I'm in the process of redoing my website. My coach has just recommended somebody to me and I know that she knows me who she says is good at SEO. I've spoken to that person. We're quite aligned. We're quite similar. Yeah. I need all of that before I'm going to give anybody free reign to decide what words I use to describe myself. So, yes, really. So well. so it's not going to work that you've just come straight in with, you can see what's wrong with what I'm doing. You probably can, but yeah. but it is that building of relationships and that but takes they, time. Exactly. They can see what you're doing wrong from their perspective, which yeah. is completely different from how most of your customers see what you're, what you're doing right. Yeah, and you've got to... You've got to protect some of that too. Yeah. So. so role models, obviously, you've um you you've said you've said me. I'm, I'm not gonna add any but more. I think, Jane, I think you need it. to add others. Come on. <laughs> or other There's... people that you've learned, management style things from, you know, maybe not even food people. I know that you have some great relationships still with people in the car industry, and I bet you know, that there are some great things you've learned from them. Yes, yeah, there's some br brilliant people. I, I like, you know, my role models are people who strive every day 
to do a little better than they thought they should do that day. And it's, again, it all sounds a bit cliche, but I just love that kind of, that, that chutzpah, that get up and go and, and making things happen. And, and it, um, you know, it, it kind of sort of drags me down a little bit when there's malaise and for no good reason. And, Gosh, I'm trying to put names to role models without. No, no. <laughs> but I, I think, I think that's good. I, I think that's okay. Has there been one person that you've worked for who you thought, bingo, that's how you do it? You know, early on, probably some somebody that you worked for that that just made sense about the way they ran things about the respect they got from people about the fun they had at work all of that that you you saw for maybe the first time what was different and a a different way of doing things yes I mean there's a glowing beacon of how I um I saw brilliance right from the beginning and it was you know when we started our food business we were invited by the Evening Standard to do a story. And, and there were three businesses. And there was my partner and I, and there was another company called Luscious who did little healthy supermarket star shops. And there were these three lunatics who started a juice business called Innocence. <laughs> and, and I just thought, God, you know what? They've just, the way they work together is is next level. I mean, yeah. it was just brilliant. And they seem to have this remarkable combination of intelligence and work ethic and just a great bundle of fun and great chemistry between great them. chemistry yeah unbelievable yeah and they you know adam won't mind me saying he was um he, he was inspiring they still are inspiring mm. you know and, kind and of... great that they've stayed in advisory roles and things within the industry because it would have been a shame if we'd lost all of that yeah you know and in, in, in insanely successful but not just financially with how they do it great you know, people yeah sad isn't it mm. it's sad they're all that good yeah. <laughs> no that's yeah, it's good. lovely good, good guys here here's another one for you to cogitate on um <laughs> comfort zones people often say you've got to step outside your comfort zone to be successful if you stay within your comfort zone you're staying where you're safe and you'll never grow. And yeah. what are the things now that looking back, you're amazed you've done the things that pushed you well outside your comfort zone? I would quite easily answer that. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we yeah, started in the food business, we had, we had zero food knowledge. You know, we rolled our sleeves up and we just kind of got into it and found out we really enjoyed doing it. And, and and it grew. And my um, my nephew has a much better description of being out of your comfort zone. He calls it the imposter syndrome. Oh, totally and, is, isn't it? And, and he says, you know what? He's he's a PhD scientist, and he said every day he goes to work, he thinks he's making it up because because <laughs> he doesn't believe that people will believe what he says. And it's exactly it's in. I think it's in any job. You know, it's yeah. it's. It's that whole thing about pushing yourself to the next level and learning every day and just creating some more scope for yourself. Yeah. It's all, it's all kind of slightly out of the comfort zone. Constantly doing it. Yeah. Constantly doing it. But coming into the food market, you know, I remember my, uh, Rolf and I saying, you know, about a year into our business, my God, if we'd known how hard it is, we would never have done it. And, and to our benefit, no knowledge was good knowledge. Was, was good in a way. But I, I mean, I, 
I think I think, too, there are types of people. There are people who will do it, who yeah. will set up any business, not just a food business, and, and will just get in there and get it done. And there are people who will say they'd love to. I mean, the one that kills me all the time is if I won the lottery, I would open a pub. And you think, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, at the moment, you certainly wouldn't. But, you know, yeah. no, you wouldn't. Because if you haven't had the foresight to do it, to go and raise the funding, to have the confidence, you know, and often too, you and I meet people who need a certain amount of money to start their business. And we've both put money in that should be in the value of our properties and all kinds of things. Do you know, I mean, you do. If you believe in what you're doing, you find a way and you're not afraid to put your own money in. And I can always remember a celebrity chef who was in financial trouble and was very angry because the banks wouldn't give him the money to keep three restaurants going. Yeah. And then he used his own money to keep those restaurants going. And I always thought, why did you expect somebody else to put their money in when you weren't yeah. going to put yours in? And, and you know, and I think you meet a lot of people who think they'd love to start a food business, but they say, oh, but I don't have the money. None of us did. Or no. they're looking for an investor to pay their salary while they get going. And you think it just doesn't work like that. And I do think there are, you know, there are people who will do it and there are people who will always talk about doing it. Yeah. And and won't do it. And they are absolutely the people who, if they won the lottery, shouldn't do it because because it takes a lot more. It's, you know, it's, I used to do this analogy because we had a situation very early on in What on Earth where we were struggling for money. And a a very wealthy friend of mine said, how much will it take to put you straight? And and I told him, he said, I can put that in your bank account tomorrow. And and I said, but what if I lose it? He said, it's not an awful lot of money. And uh, and I contemplated it and I, I spoke to my partner. I said, I'm not going to take his money because I think it, it changes the dynamic of a friendship mm-hmm. and it also it will make it a little bit too comfortable for us. And, and I think we thrive on struggle and our, our bit of struggle is going to get us through. And, you know, and we struggled away for six months and we really did need the money. So we took out a credit card loan yep. and paid it off. Yes. Because that was that was our way of doing it. And it worked and it, it kind of turned the corner. It took us out of paying bank charges. And you and... always knew at the back that if you absolutely needed it, that guy would support you too, which is reassuring. Exactly. Yeah. You kind of don't don't need it. But I think I think that's very true. And I think it's good to talk. Totally, I mean, I always say to customers too, look, I believe that you could get that information for nothing or there is a an, an NGO doing a project that would allow you to do that piece of work you should do it with them you should get as far as you can with them and then yep. you should come and speak to me because I think keep the money in your pocket for as long as yeah. you possibly can yes and don't well. spend it until you have to spend it either yeah. you know and, and and be as careful with that money as you can be and make it go as far as you can yeah, exactly. Well, my, my analogy at the end of that was it was it was like the baby bird trying to get out of the egg. You know, don't don't let someone else smash the egg for you. No, you know, no, that's do, true. do the hard work because also you appreciate you, how hard you've worked at the end of it. And and the same guy who was going to lend me the money, he said, you know, every month when you have done something that's correct, remember to just pat each other on the back. That's a great piece of advice too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, really. I did a. Uh, an NLP course with 
Chris Stock. I don't know if you've met Chris. No, um, Chris is somebody that I knew who I met through networking and he had a dog and I had a dog. That was what made us speak. <laughs> he, we had absolutely nothing to do with each other business-wise, but he is an NLP practitioner and a couple of, well, 15, 20 years ago now, I suppose, there was government funding that allowed you £200 each to do some training. And 20 of us clubbed together and got him to do an NLP course for business leaders so that we could all learn. And it was great because I asked people I knew and they asked people they knew. So we ended up with a group of people who all knew each other quite well, um, some of whom worked together. So it made quite good sense for us to work on this together. And one day they said, what do you really want to get out of this? And one of the guys said, I want to be able to appreciate what I have achieved. Yeah. And I, I just said this last week to somebody else. I always have a list of what I need to get done. I was speaking to DeSiller, whose who's podcast has just gone up last week. Right. Martin Murray, who's based in Thurso, way up in the north of Scotland, worked in oil and gas and came into distilling to allow him to go back to live in the area he'd been brought up in because there wasn't employment there. So his aim was to create a job for himself and his wife so he didn't have to work offshore anymore. And in fact, now they have a a big team and so they've generated a lot of of business in that area, which is lovely. But, you know, he said, I can always see things that I should do. And I said, yeah, but... I now have a journal, a daily journal, and I put my to-do list in it. One great thing is it's a double page for a day. Right. There's a box that size for your to-do list. And I have become adept at putting three to-dos on one line and, (laughs) you know, squashing them in. And the thing is, that is as much as you can get done in a day. And it's also really good to go back and see over the last month how many of them you've done. And and just to remember some of the things you've done. So I do think, and I think when you don't have a business partner too, it's good to take time to think about what you have got done that month rather than yeah. always be pushing forward and be sore on yourself about what you haven't done. Yeah, it's amazing. I have a daily checklist and my, my diary is always, you know, it, it's pretty full because mm-hmm. I like to be busy. But Generally, the first item on the page for the next day is have a look what you didn't do yesterday. Yep. Because <laughs> you just can't yeah. get through. Can't get I, through I, everything. No, no exactly. You and just, you, just um, you carry it on, move it forward and prioritise it. And Exactly. It brings us back to where we started at the beginning of this conversation. It's, it's making sure you do the, you, the stuff that you are going to do, do it to the best of your ability and do it properly. Yeah. And, and then move on and to it, the next It's thing. also that thing, isn't it, about learning how best you work. I yeah. cannot do a six-hour stint on one thing. So I may have to do two-hour blocks with hours of something else in between it, you know. And yeah. I, I think I think it's good to to just understand how you work best and what yes. you can get out of that. So Yeah, and, you know, it's during this lockdown um, phase of our lives, <laughs> it, it, it's been a complete readjuster because actually... I know you're exactly like this, is, you know, we get most of our enjoyment out of those casual bumping into people and having off-the-cuff conversations that just take you down a rabbit hole of interest. Absolutely. And, and they, they don't really happen at the moment because, nope. you know, it's, uh, when you try and do Zoom calls with people, it's generally people just trying to interrupt each other. 
and and therefore you don't get a flow of natural conversation. No, it's very... or, or or go off on a tangent or or do something else. No, that's true. What is the one thing you've learned about yourself that you wish you'd known earlier? Gosh, that's interesting. Do you want me to get your wife in on this call? Yeah, no, please don't. <laughs> no, no she, she may not have the same answer. No, um, sure. Actually, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I'm really enjoying at the moment this kind of plate spinning of lots of different projects going on. And, and some of them are, are on the trajectory to quite nice success. Yep. And and the other day I was thinking, God, I love doing this. And I, wh- why did I start the food business? I should have just done this. But actually... You know, the food business, yeah, the food business was my education, my manufacturing business, my education into doing what I'm doing. And and it gives you the credibility because you've been there and done it and exactly. learned from it as well as been successful in it. And so then that entitles you to go into other people's businesses. I know I, I, I think that too about some people who study and then immediately want to become consultants. Yeah. I think... Can you not specialise a bit or go and even just do two years working in a consultancy so yes. that you, you know, because people pay a lot of money for your advice. There's a lot rests on consultants. Yeah. And I think I'm grateful for 10 years working in other people's businesses before I came to work for myself. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's an essential part of it because... Yep. You know, I, I, I get this thing when we talk to people and they say, oh, we used such and such as a consultant. And, and all they did was tell us what we should do rather than help us do it. Yeah. And I say, well, you know, that's that's why I don't really consider myself a food consultant. I consider myself somebody helping someone in their food business. Yeah. Because it's very different, we, isn't it? we won't tell you how to move the paper bag. We'll kind of give you a hand to move it as well. Yep. You know, and and so. you'll put all the other people in place to grab a corner of it and move it with yeah, them. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. That's it. I think I think that's important. So 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 yeah, so you like doing a number of projects and having that variety in what you do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, this is a, a not as easy a question as it might normally be because we've been in lockdown for a year now, but I'm sure you still managed it. What are the best things that you've eaten recently? Oh, gosh. Well, actually, strangely, I was on a, a call with some people that a, a friend of mine had put together because he thought we were like-minded and we should talk. Um, and one of the guys was a guy called James Newitt who does beef jerkies. And, and I'm, I'm just not a beef jerky kind of person. I've never understood the sector of the market. I don't really see... But my word, he sent me this stuff and, it and it's was, some of it was And now you get beef jerky. And, and now I'm just, you know, I can't stop eating his Wagyu beef stuff. And he's done this um, salmon jerky and then a, a, a vegan jerky. And, do you know, too, there is there is an art to it. I've been lucky to work with a couple of guys who make some good stuff. And then I've recently been judging some stuff and, and tasted a lot and... A, it can five of us judging the same product, very hit and miss. Who got what? Who got yeah. all the gristle? Who got yeah. all the the good meat? You want it to have a bit of bite in it, but you don't want it to be tough. You also don't no. want it to be chewy and be there for a fortnight in your mouth, you know. And it is it's a simple product, but to do it well is a a real thing. And you can start with really good meat and still make it bad. Yeah. 
Absolutely, which I happened, by the way, to think is the worst crime ever, is to take good ingredients and make yeah, bad food. absolutely, it's... absolutely, because that animal has worked hard and if it's yeah. giving us its meat, it's up to us to respect it and do something decent with it. That's, uh, so that's, that's, that's and... been something that's excited you. Oh, that's good. And, and are you going to tell us what the, the name of this turkey yes, is? Yes, I am. He's reaching, well, reaching for the packet I'm, I'm, now. I'm reaching for it. He's he's got a few of them. There's Kruger, there's right, Wild yes. Wild West, right? You know um, and what's his other brand? Sorry, scratching through the box. <laughs> making a noise uh, like he's got some Wild West animal in there, but yeah. yeah. Speyside Smokehouse Salmon Jerky. All right, I haven't seen that one. That's great. Where does it sell? Ooh, that looks good. It's unbelievable. It does look lovely. And very modern looking packaging too, which is good because I think initially too, when when jerkies and and biltong came into this country, it was all coming from South Africa, yeah, and often had MSG in it, and you know, which was fine because it was what they used, but it wasn't. It's not on the level, and I think it, it's a bit like eating sushi. It matters even more what the raw material was, because yep. so little is being done to it. You really want to know where it all came from and, and who did it and how they did exactly. it. And exactly. And they're, they're kind of playing into um, everything that everybody wants to see now with this product as well, you know, high in protein and omega-3, gluten-free. Who knew salmon was gluten-free? But, um, <laughs> <it's>, uh... <laughs> that is a bit like you know water, I mean. <laughs> gluten-free. You think, yeah, I'm over it, you know. But, but I guess because seasonings may not be exactly. gluten-free. I know, it, it I, was does being, matter. I was being No, but it, but, it, but it does, you know, over, well, over-labeling and confusing things or flagging things up as being something when... Yeah, they are, but they always have been. It, you know, is not yeah. helpful. But but this actually, this is you know, this is helpful because you're absolutely right. You know, because most of these things are just coated in such junk and such padders yeah. that you don't get a good quality product. But no. with that, I can't believe I've done such a good job of. Uh, no, and of what else have you this eaten recently? It's brilliant. Well, what we do every Friday, we try and do something that support our local restaurant communities yep. who are struggling as restaurants at one point were my biggest source of business and income yeah. so we have um, we have our friday night takeaway and my my kids get to decide what we have and does it come pre-cooked or or are you you're not buying kits as much not buying kits no, no. we want we want it from a restaurant who's going to get the money and yes and, and generally because of the uh, annoying person i am I, I try and avoid deliveries and i go and pick it up Good because, for you. Because I want them to have that extra bit of money. Yeah, good. And also I don't want it to turn up two hours late and cold. Heartless. I have to say, delivery, I'm very grateful for because I don't have a car and there is only a limit to how much I can eat from my local area, not because there's but, anything wrong with anything in my local area, but just because yeah, it's a well, It gives local. you choice. It gives but you choice, doesn't I, it? And I, not... and I do. I have been incredibly grateful and I have taught my mother to... Uber Eats and Deliveroo and because as a single person too often to get takeaway from a restaurant you would have to buy four portions of something yes and and keep it for you know or freeze it or do something so I used to have to be quite clever about what I ordered and what I love now is you can order just one thing from some of these companies because that's all you know they're quite happy to bring you a coffee quite frankly or an ice cream or a whatever and so I've been trying to 
teach my mum that she could just order crispy duck if that was all yeah. that she felt able to eat and just eat that. Or you can just order a Vietnamese rice bowl or, a, you know, one thing. So there are some advantages to some of it. But so what have you had recently then? What have your recent Friday nights been? We've found two things that just knock us out each time. And one is this incredible little... um Mexican place in Fulham Wonderful. and it's it's this Mexican guys who were street food and they've just managed to take over a shop during lockdown brilliant there I drive past it quite often and there are queues from lunchtime it's called Taco TX Ooh. in Fulham good unbelievably authentic that my, my yep. kids go crazy for it Wonderful. And the other thing is our, our staple because of our love of the Caribbean is our um, jerky's chicken. Jerk chicken and uh, it's just, you know. I know. I've had I've had a, a meal kit actually recently from Juicy Jerk. Right. And it was amazing as well. And came, you know, with the marinated chicken pieces nice. and and the macaroni cheese and mm. the coleslaw and everything. And it is just <laughs> the business and just makes you feel like you're sat it's in pure, Nevis. Yeah, have, really. Having a nice meal. But here we are. Forgetting the woes of the world. Locked in West London instead. Yeah. (laughs) And it it, it is, you know, you a couple of mouthfuls and pure comfort and most of your woes have disappeared at least for an hour. Absolutely. But that's that's good. It's great. The magic of good food, eh? Yeah, it does. It really does do that. Now, here's one for you that I I think you'll have an answer to. If somebody was going to start a business like yours, so that can either be start a manufacturing business or start the consultancies that you have now yeah what would you say that they really need to make sure they do early on get involved in somebody else's business first spend time seeing how things are done right seeing how things are done wrong because you can't i mean honestly as we just alluded to you can't form a proper opinion unless you've at least tried some angle of it Um, one thing i really regret not doing during my journey of this you know i love cooking but I'm no chef and I would love to have had that knowledge and, and listening to, um, you know, Neil Nugent talking. Yeah. He's just such a stellar geezer anyway. He's but lovely, isn't it? That was just a lovely chat too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, his, his knowledge, you don't have to question his knowledge. No. Because, you know, it's his knowledge. But And, and, and he it's... is a chef and he understands a little bit more of that will make a difference and a bit more of yeah. that won't make any difference. So just don't add it. Yeah, yeah, when, when we look at uh, we look at products or we look at innovation, we we kind of you know we we think we know. So we, there's a lot of trial and error, and and actually yeah. having a bit more of a chefy background would have kind of taken some of that out of it. But yeah. you know, I also it's, think it's, it's good. good to to try it in somebody else's business because you actually might not like it. You know, I mean, I spent the first ten years of my life where my aspiration was to come home at night without a hairnet mark. Around my forehead, because you know you spend your whole time wearing a hairnet and a pair of wellies. It's not for everyone, no. and always having mayonnaise on the bottom of your skirt or a bit of chocolate eclair if you've been I in the bakery, that. or yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it 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 isn't for everybody, and we're not going off into the city looking pristine every day and coming home looking pristine. No, um, no. you know, and I think I think you have to know it. It you know, it's the same as if. You were going to take on a pet. You'd hope you would think about whether or not you were going to like it first. And I think yeah. I think a lot of people will say, I love eating out. 
So I want my own food business and or my own restaurant or my own. And I think, golly, there is so much more to it. A, do you realize you'll never eat out again because you'll be in your own restaurant six nights a week? And, you know, all of those things. So people used to come to our kitchen, they'd walk through the door and they'd say, oh, my God, this smells delicious. And I'd say, yes, but not every day. uh, I used to have this discussion when we had the chocolate brownie business, (laughs) do you know? Could yeah. you eat a chocolate brownie? Not right now. Not no. not on a baking day when you absolutely smell head to toe of chocolate. It's yeah. amazing. And I mean, that's the old Cadbury's theory, isn't it? If you can eat as much as you want, because they know very quickly you won't really want yeah, to you eat, won't it. eat it. Yeah. But yeah, but and that's a good thing about eating different things and working with different businesses and things, isn't it? Is you get that enthusiasm. Yes. One last thing that I want you to have a think about and share with me. Three words, separate words, don't need to join together into a sentence. You'll be delighted to know. Good. That you think sum you up. Oh, okay. I saw a brilliant answer to this the other day. Oh, dear. Sum yourself up in three words. They put lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is just your sense of humour. Let's not have that one. (laughs) That was a cracker. Um, Well, three words, gosh. Um, Tenacious. Yep. For sure. Definitely. Adaptable, yep. And, and I would like adaptable. It. I think Flexible, that's really adaptable. useful. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. um, conscientious. I think I, I do believe I, you know, I, I put my best into everything that I do, and I love doing it. Otherwise, I, could, I wouldn't I do it. I could add another ten because I know you quite well. Mm. You know, I mean, because you're be kind there. A very. <laughs> oh, you don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, but you're very honest, and and you you have huge ethics and values you know and i mean i've shown you stuff before and you've gone nah it's not for me and you know and i and i love that about you that you you know what you will and won't work with and what Mm. you do and don't want and and often it is would i want this for my family and if you wouldn't then you're not interested in doing it and I, i think that's brilliant and i think a lot more people are seeing that and i think during the pandemic people have realized more how important it is what we eat and but i mean i associate you with um the clean book the the book about how you eat and how that makes you feel and you know you you've been ahead of us for a long time on a lot of that and i think a lot of that is coming through now so i think it's really good to see and i hope it will make you stupidly busy helping everybody get those products right yes i'm sure it will I think we're heading that way for sure. Good. It's the, uh, good. It's, it's the number one question. How do I make good food now rather than just Brilliant. how do I make food? Which is, which is very heartening, isn't it? And if we come yeah. out of this with that, then I think that's that's no bad thing. And I I think while everybody is desperate to get back to a few things that they're missing and see some family they haven't seen for a while and things... I also think a lot of people recognise that life was spinning a bit too fast and they've got to get Absolutely. control of it again. It, uh, yes, it is. It's a rejig. It's a slow down rejig, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think you'd be stupid not to take advantage of it when we get the yeah. chance to. Absolutely. Okay, well, thank you very much. That was really Wonderful, useful and nice to yeah. chat to you. Thank you. It was it was the best therapy I've had in a long time. It was wonderful. Good. And hopefully <laughs> soon we'll be able to meet up and eat some stuff together and have a chat about that. So that'll be good too. But yeah, but lovely to see you. And you. Take Thanks care. very much for that, Jane. That was lovely. Good. Thanks. Take okay. care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Let Me Introduce You, the Food Business Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, 
Please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you pick up your podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let me know what you enjoyed or connect to me at Jane Milton Food on Instagram or at Food Networking on Twitter. And if you found this helpful, we'd love you to tell other food businesses about it too. See you next time.